Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. We're hoping you're having a good weekend and that God is using you uh, as a person on mission. Whether you know it or not, you're on mission from God. If you've been born again, it's just part of the assignments. It's part of our life. And uh, with me is our co-host, Nathan Harper. Nathan, as we look today, at, we're going to have the interview that will come up in a few minutes. We're talking about under difficult hardship. Sometimes uh, ministry is not easy, is it? No, not at all. It's, uh, it's very difficult. In fact, I was uh, speaking with someone earlier uh, today about uh, how all the stressors that are related in ministry and missions um, it's, it's actually, uh, if you consider, you know, uh, stress points that, that add to like, uh, if you lose a job or if you start a new job or if you move to a new home or, you know, in missionaries case, you're moving to a new home that's really far away from a lot of times people that you don't have any, uh, connection with to begin with, um, that adds lots of stress, uh, to, uh, to people. And so, yeah, missions is hard and stressful Ministry is the same, and uh, yeah, it's it's very difficult. And whether wherever that mission might be, um, it, it's if you're going to do it in a way that changes lives, uh, you're going to have some hardship. And the scripture we want to talk about is one that the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, his, uh, you know, his I would say his youngest disciple, his. Prized disciple. I don't know how it said he considered his son in the ministry. They had that kind of relationship. And he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 uh, through 5, he says this For kings and all who are in authority. Uh, I was in, I'm sorry, that is 1 Timothy. Now, we're doing this kind of live, so that's like preacher. Have you ever done that before? Give the wrong one, especially when there's a first and a second. Yes. And I had just turned to 1 Timothy thinking it was that. And when I started, I knew it was not. Have you ever asked someone to turn to uh, the book of First Hesitation? I'm telling you. And see right, if yeah, anybody yeah. does it. I had a friend that said, how many of you have read the Bible complete through? And they went several hands. How many of you have read First and Second Kings? And then he got right down to it. How many of you read and finished the book of Leviticus? They held up their hand. And then he asked, who's read the book of Hezekiah? And two or three held up their hands. So Ooh. sometimes we get in a row. Lying in church. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but okay, Second Timothy Chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Then he changes the metaphor, but it's still true. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. He goes on and talks about a farmer. He goes, these are great word pictures. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but the one that we want to concentrate is the soldier. Notice what it says, endure. It doesn't say enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> there is a difference between those two words. 
Yeah, there is. I mean, you can eventually learn to enjoy something, but it requires endurance to get to that point. And um, especially on the beginning side of things, um, you know, it's it's um, a lot of times you can be eager and gung ho and excited at the start, and then real quickly you realize, you know, well, I've gotten into myself, I've gotten over my head, you know, in over my head on this, and it's difficult, and I'm, you know. Reality sets in, and that's when uh, grace is needed in order to persevere and endure. Grace. Amen for his grace. I can't help but think of what Jesus says about Jesus. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. doesn't say anything about enjoying the cross, does it? No. It's, uh, there was nothing enjoyable in any way about that. Um, yeah. And it, our Bible tells us that we're to bear our cross and so it'll be difficult and hard. And so the endurance is very important. And it says hardship. Um, the hardship comes in many ways, and you've experienced that with the mission work that you were doing, the hardship of, of not having enough. Paul says, I've learned to be content in whichever state I'm with, uh, whether I have money coming in or not money coming in. But with those people who have children and responsibilities, uh, that's the reason a lot of the mission uh, sending agencies have have some pretty severe requirements. And and sometimes we look at them, oh, man, it's like a faith. But through the experience, I, I think it's uh, they found out that, yeah, they need to they need to have more money or wait or do something like that. It's kind of a difficult thing, and and that's the way it is in the Word of God. You always have these uh, conflicts in our mind and our hearts. They're not conflicts with God, but in our mind, there's conflicts. So with these missionaries that are that are working, uh, ministries that are working that are enduring difficulties, uh, it's it's a. I, I don't want to use the word that's bad, but it is balancing it. Uh, which when do I go and when do I stay? When do I? Uh, how long do I stay? They get into countries where some civil strife is taking place, and you know they'll recall their ambassador. Uh, and sometimes those missionaries have to come home too. But we've known some that stayed through it all, Nathan. Yeah, it's um, you know in in my time serving uh, on the mission field, um, we kind of all the whole community and the team that I served with, we all kind of. It sounds like a uh, Sunday school answer, and it sounds like a cop-out a little bit, but we all just kind of, what's the answer to all these questions? You know, it's to listen to and trust the Holy Spirit. It is. And if you do have a sending church, and if you do have a uh, an active um, mission agency that's helping you, then, yeah, trust the Holy Spirit to work through them in, in leading and guiding you as well. But it still comes down to what does God's word say and what is the Holy Spirit, how is he speaking to my heart at this, in, the, in this situation? And um, that's not easy in and of itself to, to listen, to, to take time to listen and obey what God is saying to you. And, and this brings us up. You're talking about the sending church. Uh, it's not just individuals, but churches sometimes when they're caught up in a difficult situation, they choose the easy way out. Oh, yeah. The early church was kind of militant, wasn't it? When we talk yeah. about this uh, soldier, the early church was, 
only word I know, militant, is is the word. Paul, Peter and Paul said, you know, we're not going to obey you. We're going to obey what our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, told us to do. Exactly. And, you know, it's not um, militant in the sense of uh, physical violence. Um, you know, Paul says our, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but we do have a fight. It's not that he's denying the fight. We do have a fight, but it's against the powers and principalities, the rulers of darkness, um, those spiritual elements that uh, one of their primary uh, tasks that the enemy uh, tries to do is to, um, to blind unbelievers' eyes and stop up their ears from hearing about Jesus and knowing uh, the gospel. And, of course, that's what a— a missionary is to do, and that's what the church is called to do, is take the gospel to those who have not heard. And so if a church is doing that, and if an individual or family is doing that as a missionary, guess what? They're on the front lines then of that, of that strife, of that battle uh, between the enemy and, and, and what God is doing, and, and uh, almost a fight for, for people's lives. and for uh, It's really a fight for the worship of Jesus that he's due. And... Uh, you know those missionaries that are out there, the ones that stay behind, or the ones that go and and uh, and struggle through things. Uh, they they they're declaring with their lives that Jesus is worth it. He deserves this worship of these people. And uh, so yeah, there is a militant aspect of um, of the fight that uh, the witness that we're called to do. Witness involves warfare, not looking for it. No, but be ready. Paul even used that. Be ready to fend. Mm-hmm. The, the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. Uh, give an answer when men ask you, why in the world would you do this? Why would you take your family into a situation that is a lot less desirable than the one you're leaving? We, we, You and I know men and women who've had occupations that were strong, and God called them into difficult situations. And so we're talking about the struggle. We're talking about the struggle with individuals. Uh, and sometimes it's physical. And, and and our interview today is with an individual that struggled through uh, some very trying times and physically and emotionally. And it's not just with him. A lot of times it involves the family as well. Uh, it, it just is usually a family affair when it comes to those things. And so, so we're talking about struggling. And if you're struggling in your life as an individual, as an individual believer, and you think, well, this suffering that I'm doing, is it effective? Have you noticed God doesn't waste anything? No, not at all. He, he is. He's a, I, that, if you want to know the truth, the thing that amazes me the most about the work of God is what he takes and what he does with it. And I mean that in the good, the bad, and the hard and difficult. Yeah. I mean, um, I heard of just, you know, less than a year ago, I heard from a— uh, a mission worker who was <clears throat> deported was kicked out of the country that he was serving in by the government. Uh, they denied his visa and they forced him and his family to leave. Um, and you know, everyone was disappointed. Of course, he was disappointed, but they didn't grow discouraged and they didn't uh, look down. And even that, after serving many years in this country and then having to leave, um, you know, he he said that I know whatever I'm going through if you want to call it suffering or whatever, this hardship and this difficulty, everything that I'm facing has gone through the hands of Jesus. And, and whether he's 
Not that he's uh, causing it, but he's allowing it. And it's in his will, and it's according to his purposes. And Isn't you know, that where a lot of people, they don't think God should even allow that? Yeah. But would... Well, ha- you can't... Can you persevere? Can you endure if that's your men- mentality? You will not. I'm no. thinking about... I mean, you have three children, and it, every one of them had to learn to walk. In that learning to walk on their own, they had bruises, they had scratches. I mean, if you'd have put them in a safe place, I mean, that they would have not uh, been able to withstand life. Yeah. So, so uh, we, we learn that. And God does permit us in this world to have bad things happen to good people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where growth, there's other passages in uh, Romans and in James that talks about the difficulties and, and the, uh, the suffering that we go through. It's a process, but it leads us uh, into uh, maturity and it leads us into fruitfulness. Uh, but there's got to be a faithfulness through that hardship in order to get there. And and then guess what's at the end? It's joy. joy. It's joy. You know, James says, consider it all joy when we fa- face persecution and, and problems and difficulties. I to have, I'm not trying to compare anything I've gone through like our guest has gone through and others that I know have gone through. But when I've gone through the difficult times and I'm on the other side, there's a sigh. Man, I knew God during this time. So as you listen to this interview that is about to take place and you consider the difficulties that you have, the difficulties that you've gone through, realize that God will use those and God will use you. You've got to persevere. You don't sit on the sideline and complain, but you continue fighting the fight. And again, as Paul said, therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And may as you, as a follower of Christ, Be that man and woman that God wants you to be as you hear this great testimony of God's grace. Our guest today on Exploring Missions is Keith Pate. Keith, welcome. Thank you. It is good to have you here today, and we're excited about you being on Exploring Missions. And let me share with folks, I just heard your story, and it was so good and intriguing. I wanted our folks to hear it on the radio network so they could hear about what God has done in your life. Well, thank you, Bert. I think it's a great story that everyone needs to hear. It is what God has done. And I want to first share with you the speech is from a stroke that occurred several years ago. And so that's what you're hearing. And so, but we're going to start back before that and start with your years in high school. And I, you were a sports fan for sure and a sportsman. You played sports, right? Yes. Growing up, sports was always a big part of my life. I played football, baseball, I powerlifted, but more importantly, the relationships I built was a, a great thing. Teamwork. Teamwork. Exactly. And, and that's what we do as believers. We're teammates for the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Yes. What I found was in those early years, God was teaching me how to be a teammate. Yeah. And that's what I learned through Netherton and further on. I played basketball in high school, and after I got through, I wasn't quite as effective as you were, but <laughs> I learned a lot of teamwork. And when I pastored and did other things, it was a valuable lesson. So those children that are spending time with their teams, not overdoing it, but doing some, 
uh, in junior high and high school, there are many good things that come out of those relationships. Yeah, I would take nothing for the things I learned and on the things I, I, I brought to those relationships. And from high school, you moved on to college. Which college did you go to? I was a long snapper Delta State University from 1999 to 2003. For those of you that do not know where Delta State is, it is in Cleveland, Mississippi. It's a school, the Fighting Okra. Uh, (laughs) And uh, that's always fun. I love that. And so you were the long snapper. What happened in the year 2000? Was it an exciting year? It was a very exciting year. We won the national championship. I got to be part of a great team. Amen. And you wear that ring even today. I do. But I tell audiences all the time, it's just metal. I wouldn't take anything for the relationships I built with those teammates. And later on, your mom would die. Yeah. And and those teammates showed up, right? Yeah. What was so important, after I look back, what's important about the team, uh, about two weeks after we won the championship, my mom passed away. And almost every teammate, including my head coach, was at their funeral. Amen. That's support, brother. And that's right. the value of friends and teammates. It really right. is. Well, after that, military came along. Yes. I was so used to having that team in my life that getting close to the end of my college career, I was like, what did I do now? But then I joined the Army. Were you deployed? I I was deployed twice to Iraq. The first time in Najaf, the second time in Tikrit. And again, teammate? Yeah, very important. What I learned was more importantly the what I served with those people, the struggles we went through. The things we did in everyday life would prepare me for what I face in the future. And during that period of time, I remember you talking about no grass over there. Sometimes we who have grass, we take it for granted, don't we? That really hit me. Well, the things that I was able to see, some of the things, but they were just reminders even when I look at photos now. Of the children and stuff, some of the kids had never seen grass. They played baseball with just a stick and tape in the street. Mm. So I don't. I try to remind my children and people I talk to not to take things for granted. Mm. How important that is, and I agree. And but after your deployment, you had a very stressful job. And tell us about that job that you had that would bring on the stroke. Yeah, well, I was stationed in Emory, Mississippi, where I was a training officer. During the deployment, I was a support operations officer. And I got moved, I promoted to another job in logistics in Senatopia, Mississippi, which is a big move for me. But more money and high rank. <laughs> and and so you moved from Amory. 
Yes. To? A man with dyscentopia. Okay. But I was facing a lot of challenges during the time, a lot of very stressful challenges. And ultimately, that led to the stroke. And that stroke affected you in many ways. Tell us about Many ways during the stroke. Or they had to remove part of my cerebellum, part of my brain, to release the pressure on my brain swelling. And that's a lot of the difficulties I face today. Uh, your motor control, your coordination, your ability to cry, everything is controlled by cerebellum. So I've had to learn to live with that. And that's been difficult, but you've had, again, teammates along the way to help you. Yes. Wounded Warriors is one of those, right? Wounded Warriors, I tell the story if this is just one occasion. But I spent moved from the hospital in Atlanta to a hospital in Georgia, and I had no clothes. So the Wounded Warriors gave me a backpack full of clothes, and they provided but that's just one time, one example of how they've been there for me. And throughout the years lately, they've been there a lot. We appreciate that, what they've taken care of our men and women who have served, and it's great, and we appreciate that. You were nine months there. Is it Augusta, Georgia? Nine months. Yes. And uh, learning to use I the learned to do everything again. One of the stories I tell was I couldn't brush my teeth because my arms wouldn't go up and down. So what I did was put a hole in the tennis ball and put a toothbrush in there, and I would hold on to the tennis ball and brush my teeth. But that's one example. But I had to learn to do everything. Everything. Wow. It, it was weird to be a master's, have a master's degree, and you can't write your name. During this period of time, uh, nine hours away from your friends and family, was God very important to your life at that point in time? Extremely important. There are verses in the Bible that I constantly turn to, but there was many nights, many mornings, I'd be so sore, I wouldn't want to get up and go to therapy. So I, I turned to him a lot of times to get through those times. Amen. You come back, and uh, you've done the therapy. You're continually having to work, and and God put you close to a gym where you could keep on. You climb 50-foot walls. Is that, I mean, I, I can't, well, I couldn't do that when <laughs> I was younger. I certainly couldn't do it now, but. Well, though, I like to do what I can. And one of the things I love to do and I found I can do is rock wall climb. And I ride my recumbent bicycle a lot, too. And you've ridden it in some kind of, I don't, yeah. do they call them marathons or what do they call it? Bicycle uh, races or? I've just done one soldier ride in New York City with the Wonder Warriors. Okay. Well, I knew I, I knew you were riding in it. How long is that now? Well, the first week in September, I rode my bike 131 miles. <laughs> Just a good stress relief, good workout. Okay. But God's brought something else into your life, 
and that is speaking to churches and especially FCA groups. Well, I think I feel it's important for people to hear my story. I think that God allowed me to make through this story because someone needs to hear it. So I enjoyed speaking to people and talking to people and getting my story out. And I know at Delta State, they invited you back there to speak to the team. Yes, I was fortunate enough. That was one of the first speeches I did, but I became very good friends with the FCA chaplain at Delta State, and he invited me to come speak. Keith, would you summarize what you share at these FCA meetings and churches? Well, Bird is pretty much the story of my life, my testimony. I start with the time that I was in then Delta State, and then the military, and then the injury and my recovery this far. But it's a very important lesson, a very important story about never quitting and how you can rely on God and your faith during those times. So you're speaking in churches and FCA groups even oh, today? Oh, even today. Hopefully more. And that's your mission? That is. And that's what God's called you to do at this time in your life? I believe so. I really believe so. Well, how, how can people get in hold of you, uh, Keith? Can they call you or email or do you have a website? How, how can they contact you after they hear this and they say, we, we would like to talk to Keith about possibilities speaking. How can this happen? Well, the best way, because my voice is such a struggle, they can email me at keithpate81ayahoo.com or they can find me on Facebook on Keith Pate and send me a message there. Okay, Keith Pate. But if they'd like to call me or text me at 662-260-0778. Okay, and if you can't get that the first time, this will be on a podcast, and they can <laughs> check it then, brother. I want you to do one last thing, and I'm so impressed. The, the Soldier's Creed, is that what it is called? That's what it's called. And what I like to tell is I, I learned to say it. I memorized it in my initial training, but I never really listened to the words. That's what I do. That's who I am. I, I'm a, let me say it to you right quick. I'm an American soldier. I'm a warrior and member of the team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. I will always place a mission first. I'll never accept defeat. I'll never quit. I'll never leave behind a pardon comment. I'm disciplined, physically, mentally doubt, trained and professional in my world has girls. I will always maintain my arms my equipment, and myself. I'm an expert, and I'm a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America and close combat. I'm a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. 
I'm an American soldier. Keith, thank you. Thank you for not quitting. Thank you. We appreciate you being with us on Exploring Missions. Thank you.